So tonight, as I've said, we are starting a new series that I'm calling, that I'm titling, Am I Okay? Spoiler, yeah, you're okay. But this is the question that we all want answered. We all have to ask ourselves this question at some point. Am I okay? Am I doing okay? Like, really? Um, And so over the course of the next several weeks, I'm not sure exactly how long, at least through March and April, maybe into May a little bit, um, we're going to be talking about teenagers and mental health. And just to give you a heads up of some of the topics we're going to be talking about, and we may not get to each one of these in depth. I mean, we can't. We, we can't. But we're hopefully going to touch on as many of these as possible. Things like stress, busyness, anxiety, depression, suicide, grief, bullying, self-image, anger, forgiveness, fear, counseling and therapy, body image, social media, peer pressure, family dysfunction, sleep habits. Like, we're going to take a pretty broad view of this issue of teens and mental health because it's so complex. It's, it's so multifaceted. You, you can be struggling with your mental health and it might not be just one thing. You can see how several of these might feed into each other. Social media, bullying, lack of sleep, anxiety, depression. You can see how those can be intermingled with each other. Self-image, comparison, all of this. And even if you are like, well, I don't really struggle with those things. I've never really struggled with anxiety, depression. I guarantee you, you know somebody who has a family member, a friend, somebody close to you has. Okay? Like, I'm not going to do like, let me see a show of hands. But, you know, Caitlin and I, we've both been in counseling and therapy before. I mean, shoot, she's training to be a therapist right now. She's interning um, at Serenity now. And, like, that's what she wants to do. There is no stigma about that with us. Um, anything you wanted to add about I just wanted to say, like, I don't want this, this, this can be really overwhelming. Like all these things, all these things can be really overwhelming. And I don't want you to see all this and think like, oh my gosh, we're going to go in like super depth and it's going to be like church is going to be super depressing because, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about these things, but we're also going to be talking about like how to overcome these things. Um, a little. I mean, this isn't, we're going to get into this a little bit more, but this isn't supposed to replace therapy. <laughs> no. So, um, but there, we're going, we're going to be talking about, um, it's not just going to be all doom and gloom. And I just want to add, like, he mentioned we're not going to be able to talk about all these. Some of these things we are going to go into a little bit more in depth. I hate that you bought clicky pens. Um, we're going to be going more in depth. And now that you said that, they're, they're all, all going, going to start to, doing it. You know, See, there you go. Get it out of your system right now. No more. No, it's fine. All right. One, two, three, stop. No more. (laughs) You broke your pen. Sorry. Um, So we're going to be talking about some things in detail. Like we're going to be talking about anxiety and we're going to be talking about depression a little bit more in detail, but we're not going to be going into suicide in great detail. Um, We're not going to be going into... Oh, yeah, that's more helpful. Um, we're not going to go... I don't know what else. But I know that... Off the top of my head, I know for a fact we're not going to be going into suicide in great detail. 
Um, because again, this is not meant to replace therapy and suicide is kind of like a big thing that we don't want to, um, we don't just want to spend a lot of time on. So again, this isn't meant to be something that you guys are going to, um, hopefully you're not going to dread. Um, hopefully you're not going to leave like sad. I'm like, <laughs> well, that was terrible. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which leads us into the approach that we want to take with this. The approach we want to take, it is going to be biblically rooted. We are going to be going into the scriptures, so you are going to still be using your Bibles each week. Um, but it's also going to be as scientifically accurate as we can. Again, we aren't experts. She's much more of an expert than I am. But we both have a background in psychology and counseling, and you know, we're, not, we're not dumb. We're going to try to be as scientifically accurate as we can, giving you the, the best research, statistics, all that kind of stuff. So if you're like, well, that's boring to me, sorry. There's got to be some of that going into it as well. But we also want it, like she said, to be hope-focused. We don't want it to be a downer every week. We don't want you to be, dread it. We don't want it to throw out all these problems and not offer any solutions or at least not offer any hope yeah. because there is hope. There is always hope. Always. So we are going to try as hard as we can to be intentional about being biblically biblically rooted, scientifically accurate, and hope-focused. All right, we good? So some of the goals we have. Um, you are not alone in your struggles. You are not alone. If you ever face any of that, know that you're not facing anything new or different, and you are not alone. You have a support system right here. Hopefully you have a support system in your family and in your friends but at least here you have a support system and you are not alone. We want to emphasize that there is hope and healing, that um, it's never final. Your right now is not your forever. Uh, we want to reduce the stigma of mental health issues and therapy, um, which is getting better with the younger generations, but it's still there. It's still like, well, I don't, my problems aren't that bad. Okay. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But let's try to get over the stigma and the fear that goes along with that. Um, we want to promote unconditional love, acceptance, grace, and empathy for each other and for yourself. Um, we want you to know that it's okay not to be okay. So often we're like, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, everything's golden. Like, mm, is it? And sometimes just that one kind of prodding question can kind of open up the floodgates and like, no, let me just kind of unleash on you. And that's fine. If that's what you need to do, that's fine. It's okay not to be okay. I'm not okay all the time. Caitlin isn't okay all the time. It's okay not to be okay. And we also want to pre present a holistic understanding of life and faith that includes mind, body, and emotions. Holistic means every part of you fully integrated. Um, so those are some of our goals for this study and why we want to do this. All right. You got anything to add? No. Okay. Well, this is your part. Okay. 
Um, like I said before, this does not replace counseling. I am um, a counselor in training. That's kind of my official title. So I'm bound by ethics and by laws. So this part is more for my benefit than for yours. I'm just going to be up front. But especially since we're recording this, I feel like it's important to say um, we are mandated reporters. Fun fact, in Indiana, all adults are mandated reporters. Uh, if you tell them that you are harming yourself, if somebody is harming you, or if um, you know that a vulnerable popula population, such as children or the elderly, are being abused, we have to report that. Um, all the time, not just in this class, all the time. All adults, um, it's the law. Um, so while we are always here and we're always willing for you to talk to us, and we, um, you can tell us anything, telling us anything sometimes comes with legal ramifications that we have to follow through on. Um, we are not here to be your therapist. If you come and talk to us, great. I'm probably going to refer you to a therapist. I'm just being honest. Because while I am a counselor in training, it is highly unethical for me to try to be your counselor. It's an ethical boundary. Um, so I will talk to you. I will support you. Um, I will walk you through, I will talk to your parents for you, with you, whatever, if you think you need counseling, I will walk you through that every step of the way, um, but I cannot be your counselor. Um, Daniel, however, can take on a more counseling role than I can. He's not working to be a counselor. Um, he has a minister counseling thing that he is able to do legally and there's no ethical messy boundaries with that um so that is an avenue if you don't want to go see a counselor that is something you can talk to him about more um although if it's bad enough i probably will also say have you thought about seeing a counselor for this yeah and and i just want to say since i am interning somewhere if i do recommend you for counseling i will not recommend you to the counselor that i'm interning with just putting that out there because that's again ethical boundary and just kind of so, um, does anybody have any questions about any of that? Okay. All right. So that's all kind of the, the initial kind of boring stuff, but let's get into our lesson for tonight. This is an introductory lesson, so we're not getting into any of those ma major topics that we talked about, but we did want to start with, with this. So yeah, I, I move. Um, so on your seats there. We're, we're going to talk about some lies versus some truths. Just right out the gate, we want to establish the groundwork of truth. We don't want to lie to you. We don't want to mislead you, misinform you. We want to start off with a foundation of truth, okay? Um, we're told that Satan is the father of lies. And there are some lies that I guarantee you each and every one of us has believed at some point. But there is a truth found in God's word, there's a biblical truth to combat Satan's lies every single time, every single one of them, all right? So lie number one, man, this is, this is a hard one. Satan tries to get us to believe the lie and the world gets us, tries to get us to believe the lie that I am too bad, too broken, too messed up. <coughs> if anyone knew the real me, they would be horrified. I felt that way before. If anybody knew the real me, if I like let my guard down and really let people in to see the real me, they wouldn't like me anymore. 
I've got to keep performing. I've got to keep doing. I've got to keep achieving. I've got to keep this mask on, this front on, because deep down inside, I know just how bad and broken I really am. <laughs> so the truth, the truth of God's word is that you are good. I am good. Full stop. You are not bad. You are not broken. <laughs> you are not a mistake. You are good. All right, so look at Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one. I didn't have the page number on there because it's page one. Genesis chapter one. We've looked at this so many times. You probably, might even have it memorized by now. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31 are about God creating human beings, male and female, in his image. He created them, and he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and everything that moves along the ground. Somebody read verse 31 for us. We'll just look in verse 31. Who wants to read that? I'll call on somebody. Jackson, read that for us if you would. Okay. Well, I to find it first, but okay, I think I found it. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. God saw all that he was made, and it was very good. Throughout this creation song, we see the refrain repeated, and it was good. But after the sixth day, after creating... Human beings in his image, you, me, male, female, all of us in his image, it is very good. You are good. I am good. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. It's on page 293 in those Bibles. Are you there? Would you read that for us, please? Yeah. 139 verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Your works are wonderful. And we are one of those works. You and I, God formed us, God made us, God created us to be who we are. And what God makes is good. You are fundamentally, in your core, good. Do you have anything you wanted to add on that? Okay. <laughs> Chime in anytime you want. All right, so that's the big truth that we're going to start with. Lie number two. Lie number two. Everything is just falling apart around me. It's like I'm under a curse. It felt like the world was out, it was against you and nothing was going right and everything was just wrong and bad and ugh. That's a lie. You are not defined by your situations in life. 
In fact, God's word says, you are blessed. I am blessed. Yeah, bless you. Be blessed. If you look there at Matthew chapter 3, excuse me, 5, Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12, this is what's called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes. Jesus starts off his Sermon on the Mount by proclaiming a blessing. And it's not a blessing on those who have it all together. It's not a blessing on the most popular. It's not a blessing on the prettiest, the most athletic, the richest. We're not going to read that whole thing, but look at the people who are blessed by Jesus. Those who are blessed in the kingdom of God. It's the poor in spirit. It's the meek. It's those who mourn. Those who are persecuted and ridiculed. It's the people on the outside. The people who don't fit in. The people who don't necessarily have a place in society. Who are blessed by God. You are blessed, not when everything's going great and honky-dory. That's a phrase y'all use still, right? In your life. You are blessed when everything seems to be falling apart. You are blessed when you mourn. You are blessed when you're poor in spirit, when you don't have it all together. When you're meek, not like powerful and popular. You are blessed. Lie number three, I'm a failure. I must be such a disappointment to everyone. Man, some of y'all stress so much about failure. I know I did when I was that age, y'all's age too. I mean, I stressed about grades. I stressed about performing well in everything I did because I wanted to impress people. I wanted my parents to be proud of me and I felt like if I messed up, they wouldn't be proud of me anymore. And it'd be just a disappointment. You are not a failure. You are not a disappointment. The truth is that you are a beloved child of God. I am a beloved child of God. I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. He loves you because you are his child. Um, In Mark chapter one. In Mark chapter one, we see the baptism of Jesus. And yes, this is God speaking about Jesus at his baptism. But I would argue that he speaks the same Thing into our lives. So Jesus goes down into the water. He's baptized by John the Baptist. And as he comes up out of the water, the heavens open, light shines down, the Holy Spirit descends on him, and he hears a voice from heaven. So somebody read verse 11 for us. Let's see. Caden, would you mind? Verse 11? Yeah. The voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. 
You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This was before Jesus had performed any miracles. This was before he had preached any sermons. This was before he had done anything of any importance. The basis for his entire life and ministry was that he is God's beloved son. God is well pleased with him. That was a starting point. He wasn't trying to earn it. It was his reality that he lived in. And it's ours too. Flip over to 1 John. Yeah, we're coming back to 1 John. You're like, I thought we were done with 1 John. No, we're not. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. An amazing verse. Absolutely amazing. Jack, read that for us. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. What great love the Father has for us, that we should be called his children. And that's what we are. That is our reality. That is the fundamental truth of our lives. That is the reality in which we live. Line number four. This is probably the one that hits us most often and probably most frequently because loneliness is an epidemic right now. Line number four, I'm alone. There is no one who really understands or cares. Or you don't want to burden someone with your problems. Yeah. Yeah. So you further, I'm alone. Yeah. I'm alone because I don't want to take this thing, but like they wouldn't really care. I'd just be a burden to them. Man, that is... don't want to bring down the vibe. Yeah. That is such a lie. Because the truth is, you are never alone. Which are like, "Mm, that sounds kind of creepy. No. In a good way. You are (laughs) never alone. You are never alone. We're just going to point to these real quick. Psalm 23, verse 4. Psalm 23 is that... Amazing psalm, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Psalm 34, 17 and 18, that's where we're told that God is close to the brokenhearted. And Matthew 28, the very last thing that Matthew records Jesus saying, the very last words in the Gospel of Matthew, are Jesus saying, surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You are never alone. God is with you. Jesus is there with you. And we are here with and for each other. So these are the fundamental truths with which we are working to combat the lies of Satan that feed into so many mental health issues and relationship problems. So many. That I am good. I am blessed. I am a beloved child of God. And I am never alone. In fact, let's read these all together so that I know you're getting it, that I know (laughs) you're actually saying it out loud. You might actually start to believe it. Let's read these together. I am good. I am blessed. I am a beloved child of God. And I am never alone. Let those be the truths of your life. Next thing we want to talk about is all of you. All of you. Um, I love the movie How to Train Your Dragon. 
Everybody seen that? Oh man, with uh, with Hiccup and Toothless. Um, there are a couple times where like Hiccup's dad just kind of like <clears throat> goes like that. He's like, "You just gestured to all of me." Like, yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like all of you, all of you. Okay. And here's where we're going with that. The greatest commandment, the greatest commandments. People, um, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, we have an interaction with Jesus and another lawyer who comes up to him and says, hey, what's the greatest command in all of scripture? And this is what Jesus said. The most important command is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Heart, soul, mind, strength. With our powers combined, <laughs> we are Captain Planet. Captain Planet. There's a throwback for you. Heart, soul, mind, and strength, though. This, this goes into the, the Jewish concept of shalom. Have you ever heard the word shalom? Shalom. It's a, it's a greeting. It's a Hebrew greeting, Jewish greeting. Um, in fact, even today they'll say Shabbat Shalom, which means greetings for the Sabbath, you know, peace on the Sabbath. Shalom is what? Yes, there is. That we, yeah. we won't <laughs> sing it for you. Um, shalom is this concept of peace, but it's not like peace, like peace, man. Like end of war, like no more wars, man. Like that's a little bit of it, but peace in the concept of shalom is more of a wholeness. May you be whole. May you be fully you, who God created you to be with heart, soul, mind, and strength. And each one of these correlates to a different part of yourself. We're talking about wholeness emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. The, like, here's some of that scientifically backs the for you. The best treatment for um, most um, disorders involve a holistic approach so they're um, assessing how are you sleeping how are you eating if you have a spiritual belief are you doing those things you feel connected in your spiritual beliefs how are you feeling emotionally if you're feeling emotionally let's work on that how are you feeling um how's your behavior like it's it's addressing all of these facets for a holistic um approach and those are by far the most effective mm -hmm. So when we use that term holistic, this is what we're talking about. And it's right there in the greatest command. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To be connected with God emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. To be whole, to be complete within yourself. To be the person God created you to be. But there's one word on here that's a little scary to some of us. And it's that word, emotions. Ah, so let's, let's talk about emotions for a second. All right. Emotions. God created us to experience the full range of life, love, and emotions. Our emotions are a reflection of God's own emotions. We read in scripture about God weeping about, especially like when it comes to Jesus, Jesus wept. Jesus got angry. Jesus was sad. Jesus was joyful. 
He went to parties and hung out with people. He, he embraced his emotions. He didn't try to like shove them down and be like all stoic and everything, like nothing ever affected him. He, when something affected him, he let his disciples see that in a healthy way. All right? Your emotions are not bad. Emotions are not bad or flawed. They are a God-given gift to experience as we live in his image. And just that further, that emotions get a really bad rap. Like, you know, guys aren't supposed to cry. Girls are overly emotional. Um, they cry all the time if you're the hysterical woman or the angry man. I mean, we have all of these stereotypes that, um, that we think and that we keep them bobbled up because I can't say that I'm sad because I'm weak. I can't say that I'm angry or I'll seem, or people will tell me to calm down. They'll make me even more angry. Or um, I don't want to be too happy. I don't want to be too joyful because people will think I'm fake. You know, we, we keep all of these things bottled up and then we're not being genuine. We're putting on a show. We're putting on a mask. Um, we're living for other people, really. You're not living for yourself. You're living for what everybody else thinks of you. And, I mean, if you start thinking in those terms, it... I hope that that's impactful because, I mean, that's a pretty big thing when you really stop and think about it. Who are you living your life for? Obviously, we're supposed to be living our life for God, but are we living our life for God and our friends or the people at school? Are we afraid to show how we really feel because of how we're going to be judged? If you're doing that, you're not living your life for yourself. You're living your life for people you go to school with or, you know, whatever. Whoever you're comparing yourself, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. TikTok is a thing now. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to keep up with it all these days. The bottom line is, you're living your life for somebody else when you start, um, you're, you're giving them your life. You're giving your, them control of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you kind of think about that. Yeah. Emotions aren't bad. Man, I see it when I sub. I mean, of course, nobody's like fully themselves at school, really. I mean, right? Because you're living your life. Because you're trying to, like, impress other people or, you know, whatever. Um, but, man, I see it at school. Like, it seems like most students, including some of y'all, have, like, two emotions. Either, like, goofy silly or off-the-wall angry. It's either that or you're just, like, Nothing. just, hello, is anything happening in there? And it's like, there's, there's more to life than that. There's more to life than just being stupid and goofy all the time. Although, I mean, it's fun to make people laugh. Like, great, awesome. And anger is a part of life, too. But when we let ourselves be controlled by any one emotion, <clears throat> any one emotion, then we're also missing out. And I mean, we'll talk more about that yeah. in the next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what the whole movie Inside Out is about, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is an amazing movie. So we're going to be coming back to emotions pretty frequently, okay? Um, so, yeah. So the second part of that, though. Um, he says the second is this. To love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, be plugged in, connected to God. But also, 
develop your love for others, outward relationships, but also love for yourself. That's in there. Self-care is in there. Self-esteem, you know, taking care of yourself too is in there. You've got to have love for others, but you've also got to love yourself too. So many times we are harder on ourselves than we ever would be for a friend. We have that little voice inside us that ridicules us and um, demeans us and points out all of our faults and our failures and it's just playing on loop inside of our head and we say things to ourselves that we would never say to our best friend. We would never, I mean, some of y'all might, but we would never come up to our friend and be like, oh, you're such an idiot. I mean, but like really. But like really. Like, oh, I can't believe you misspelled that word and missed a point on the exam for that. Oh, you're such an idiot. You know better than that. Everybody was watching you when you made that mistake. Oh, everybody. Everybody saw it and they're, everybody was talking about it. laughing and they're talking about you. I heard them. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. Yeah. We get in these loops and we tell ourselves these lies that we would never tell other people, but we tell them to ourselves. One of the things that we say all the time to people, and I think as Christians we do this a lot because we're told we're supposed to be selfless and we're told that we're supposed to serve others because serving, God, serving others is serving God. And that's absolutely true. Please do not hear that I'm saying that's not true because that is. But when we do that, we often leave, our, leave ourselves behind. We say, I have to be fully like God, so I do not exist anymore. I don't, my needs, my wants, my goals are nothing because I have to do everything for everybody else. And that's not healthy. And one of the things that we say to clients all the time is self-care is not selfish. You have to take care of yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot take care of people adequately if you are, if you are just pulling yourself through to try to survive. You're just like in survival mode all the time pretty much. When you're in survival mode, that means you're either absolutely exhausted and spent or you are hyped up on adrenaline or both. Mixture. <laughs> yeah. Not at the same time, but or maybe. Yeah. Um, but might get like a little burst. And that's not healthy. You, that is, that's burnout. And that's when you get to college or you, you get out of college, you do these things and you don't, you don't want to serve God anymore because you're so tired. You're so tired of taking care of other people. You just want somebody to take care of yourself. And that's when you start developing codependency relations, like a really big, bad downslide. You have to take care of yourself. And that's what that verse means. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you aren't taking care of yourself, you need to. Because that's how you're supposed to take care of others. You're supposed to, we talk about modeling a lot. You're supposed to model what um, self-care looks like, how to take care of yourself. Things like that. That's, um, That's what that verse talks about. Take care of yourself first. It's like the verse about hypocrisy. Remove the plank out of your own eye. Look the positive spin on that. Take care of yourself first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like when you're, when you're on a plane and they like, well, if you have somebody traveling, a That's small... That's a bad example because okay. nobody does that. Okay. Anyway. If you have a child with you, you're going to put the mask on your child first. <laughs> you're not going to put it on yourself. You're going to do your child. You're going to make sure your child is safe first. That's not Okay. You can't pour from an empty cup. All the, all the parents like that are like, yeah. Yeah. Except for me and Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
You got to be taking care of yourself too. Um, and for some of you, that might mean saying yes to more things. That might mean saying yes to the invite to go hang out with your friends. It might mean saying yes to um, this really cool opportunity that comes along that you've been wanting. Yes, go for it if that's what you need. But for some of you, it might be saying no. It might be saying, no, I'm not going to play another sport. It might be, no, I'm not going to take on another project. It might be, no, I'm not going to go to that party because I haven't had any me time in like forever. So I'm just going to stay home and, and like binge Netflix for a little while. That's fine. Or I'm not going to do that volunteer project. Yeah. Like some of these like, are really good okay. things. Like I had to say no to three things. I got asked to do three like big volunteer things, like be on a board, two boards and to be, um, in a society that just does volunteer work all the time. Really, really good things that help a lot of people. But I would have been burnt out. I wouldn't have had any time for my family. I wouldn't have any time for school. So I had to say no to a lot. And it was hard. But in the end of the day, sometimes you have to say no to better yourself. And because if I would have been on those boards, I wouldn't have been able to really help people because I would have been just, again, dragging myself through it, exhausted, or like super hyped up on adrenaline and making everybody nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, love your neighbor, check your relationships with other people, love yourself, check your, check your relationship with yourself. How are you doing? And to help that process, okay, we are going, last thing today, on the back, we have some check-in questions. How to check in with yourself, have a conversation with yourself. Not in a creepy way. Not, not in a weird, creepy way, but in a way that, like, is a self-assessment, self-awareness thing. Because, let's be honest, okay? We all know that sometimes we just get in a funk. We just feel off our game. Sometimes we just feel down or overly anxious. Whatever it is. It might not be like, oh, I've got to go out and get counseling or I need medication necessarily. It might be as simple as asking yourself these questions, finding what might have been kind of neglected for a little bit, and correcting some, some like course correction in your life. And it's amazing how much of a difference these simple things can make. So first one. <laughs> Have I been getting enough sleep lately? I don't know. Yeah, that's a really I mean, good point. Or enough. are you getting like, too much? Are you getting enough? Are you getting too little, too much? Yeah. Too much sleep can do just as much damage as not enough sleep. So that's a really good point. You want to make sure you're not oversleeping. I'm not as nice as you. <laughs> All right. Have I been getting enough sleep lately? How much sleep do teenagers need? You probably heard that a lot, right? I will ask a show of hands. How many of you can confidently say that on any given night you get eight to ten hours of sleep? Not more. Not like. Yeah. All right, that's great. Others of you, I don't know. Yeah. Let me put it this way: if you go to bed, at, if you go to sleep by ten and you're up by six, that's eight hours. All right, sleep. Sleep is huge, absolutely huge. In fact, there's like a push in the business world right now for high-level CEOs and like. Uh, 
just businessmen and politicians and celebrities to talk more about their sleep schedule and how by getting more sleep, they can be more effective. They don't try to run themselves ragged. There are some high level CEOs that are like, I am getting eight hours of sleep every night, no matter what. They're willing to say no to certain things so that they can take care of themselves so they can be the best they can be for their company and for others. Sleep is huge. If you are taking any kind of medicine, check with your doctor because it might be disrupting your sleep. Um, there are natural supplements you can take. Talk to your parents or and or doctor. Um, they're not harmful, but I, it's recorded and makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so uh, there's natural things that you can do. But again, um, try to go down all the avenues. If you're sleeping too much, again, are you taking any medication? Maybe that's making you too sleepy. Um or maybe you're just running yourself way too ragged during the day. You're overcommitted, so you're sleeping way too much. Mm -hmm. You're exhausted all the time. These are, these are questions you need to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. Second, can you all guess what that might be? Have I been what? Hey, there you go. Have I been eating well? How's your diet been? Not even close. Four ball pops a day. All right. Oh, man. We have... Your diet can affect your <laughs> your diet can affect your mood and your health. We've noticed for our own boys that shh, let's finish up here. We've noticed for our own boys when they have a lot of food coloring in their diets, like they go nuts. Like more nuts. Like more nuts. If you can believe it. And so there are certain things that we have to be careful about letting our boys eat. And that's just like a small example. Um, a lot of times, like when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling stressed or anxious, the first thing to go is your sleep. The second thing to go is your diet. All right. Some of y'all like eat your feelings and that's okay. Maybe once or twice, but don't make a habit of it. Right. Cause then you're just overall going to start feeling worse and worse. So have you been getting enough sleep? Have you been eating well? Have I exercised lately? <laughs> Again, taking a holistic approach physically. How are you feeling? Like, are you exercising enough? But are you having fun? Yeah, that is the biggest thing. You you can be exercising every day and not be having any fun. If you are absolutely miserable, all the exercise in the world will still help because serotonin, but you're still not going to have any fun. You guys are still kids, sorry, but you are. Yeah. You're kids. You're in this like really unique stage where you're not kids, but you're not adults. So you have this, like, you still want to have fun. You still want to do things, but you have responsibility. Don't go too far into the, I have to be responsible all the time. It's a balance. You guys are still young. You're supposed to have fun. Have fun. Yeah. Like, even if you are on a sports team, which is great. I played soccer all through school. But... I remember a year where our team, even though we got like, I don't know, second in the district, we were miserable. 
we were fighting all the time. We were having con- we had like a big issue with our coach. We were all miserable. It was not fun. We were exercising five days a week. We were like really intense about our diet. We did all the right things. We were not having any fun. Have fun. It makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like physical activity, if, even if it's just like getting up and going for a walk, you know, just standing up instead of. You know, standing up to play your video games instead of sitting down. I don't know, whatever. Have you been physically active lately? Because that can play a huge part in your mental health. Fourth, have I spent time with people who love me? Let's bring in the social aspect of it. (laughs) Okay, I, I was really specific on how I worded this. I didn't say, have I spent time with my friends? I didn't say, have I spent time with my ball team mates, you know, the people on the track team, people on the dance team, people on, you know, whatever team. <laughs> have I spent time with people who love me? Now, your friends might say they love you, but let's be honest. We all know that we have some friends where if we are feeling just angry and bitter about something or anxious and stressed or depressed, if we are around certain people... They're going to make it worse, not better. Or we're going to go to them and be like, man, I'm really struggling with this issue. And they're going to be like, oh, well, let me tell you about this. If it makes you feel any better, I, this. stop saying if better? it makes you feel any better and then telling your own story. It doesn't. How would that make someone feel better? No. Well, if it makes you feel any better. I had depression last year. It doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't. Okay. You could say I had depression last year. You can relate and empathize. But man, some friends like try to just one up you in their problems. It's like, just stop. Or you go to somebody and be like, man, I'm really having a problem with this person. And they're like, you want me to beat them up for you? Uh. Step back, step back. Whoa, whoa. Hey, that escalated quickly. You know? Okay, maybe we all need that friend at times. But, but have you spent time with people who love you? And what do I mean by that? Are you that friend? You're like, yeah. <laughs> so people who are going to encourage you, people who know you well enough to know what helps, people who might know you well enough to ask you these questions and be like, hey, maybe we just need to go for a hike out at Spring Mill for a bit. Get outside, get active, and then maybe go some, for some tacos later. Like, Awesome. Let's do that. Or that friend that you can call up and be like, man, I'm having a hard time. Hey, let's go get coffee later. I saw um, on Instagram somebody posted a text message. They said an actual text message with my mom. And said, I'm just feeling really low. And the mom texted back. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe go outside and eat a banana. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's actually like really good advice. Yeah. You're getting some potassium and you're getting awesome. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. But I want to I add to this. You want to be, be around people who love you. And that's wonderful. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but I just want to, I just want to say it quickly. You don't want to be around the people that are your venting friends. Like venting can be cathartic for a time, but at the end of the day, it just keeps building up your adrenaline and it just keeps like making you more upset. So what you want to do is be around the friends that are going to distract you. Not, not be like, oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I want to, I want to move past it. Let's talk about something else. You don't want the friends that are just going to, um, I don't know, you 
failed the test and like, oh my gosh, I hate that teacher. Maybe not that friend. <laughs> Maybe don't be that friend. Yeah. Um, you also, just again, really, really fast, if you can't talk to a friend, if you can't reach out, if you can't do anything like that, some things that are really helpful are like listening to music or um, watching a show or something like that. Okay. But what you watch and what you listen to is important. You don't want to listen to hate music. <laughs> you don't want to listen to, I hate my life, everybody's terrible, I'm going to go jump off a bridge. That's not good music to listen to when you're sad. I don't know why we do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't. I don't think you should listen to that anyway. But especially not when you're sad. Um, the other thing is what you watch. Don't watch things that make you angry. Maybe that's not the best time to watch people killing each other. I don't know. Um, this is important. I have a really hey, good tip. Shh. Pro tip. I follow a cow on Instagram. A cow. He's a cow. His name is Buckley the Cow. Highland Cow. He's a Highland Cow. And he has a best friend that's a goat named Ralphie. Yes, it's real. And he has another best friend that's a pig, and I can't remember his name right now because he's new. But it's like a living children's book. It's a Highland cow, big horns, the shaggy hair, and his best friend's a goat named Ralphie, and he has a best friend that's a pig too. That's what I look at when I'm upset. Because how can you be sad at a Highland cow wearing a little American flag hat? It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome. Do it. So All right. find things that make you laugh. I recommend Buckley the Highland cow. Yes. Solid recommendation there. That's good too. All right, last thing as we wrap up. Last one that I'm throwing in there. Have I worshipped God with my all? Now, again, I'm very specific on how I word this. I did not say have I been to church lately. Because sometimes I am aware that coming to church, as we think of it, as we know it, can sometimes make matters worse. Because you feel like in church... You have to put on a front, you have to put on your Sunday best, you have to put on that facade, and you can't really be real with everybody. Now, I highly encourage you coming to worship on Sunday mornings. Some of y'all don't go here, you go to other churches, that's great. While you're there, put your all into it. Sing the songs, pay attention to the scriptures, pray along with the person leading Follow along with the sermon. Like, give it your all. Put everything you can into it to connect with God. But that could also be sing along to worship music on a playlist. That could also be spending time in your Bible app every morning. That could also be coming to FCA and really participating, being active in that. That could be so many different things. Having a Bible study with your friends. That could serving. Like, there's so many ways you can worship God with your entire being, with the love of your Lord your God, with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, have you worshipped God with your all? Have you connected with God lately? So these are five really good, quick, self-check questions. Ah, uh, you're putting it up there? At Buckley, the Highland Cow. Cool, on Instagram. So when you get your phones back, you can check that out. All right. Any questions from you all as we close? I know this is throwing kind of a lot at you, but we wanted to lay the groundwork for some of the stuff that's coming next. All right? So spread the word. Bring your friends. If there's people that you know who need to know this, 
bring them along. We are recording these sermons. We'll get them posted They're online. I'll, like, I'll message out the links. They're not sermons. Sir, well, the classes. <laughs> we'll message out the links. Um, we are here to help in any way that we can. Parents, we want to be a resource for you. If you yourselves need help or if you have other parents with teenagers who are struggling, you can refer them to us and we can help. Um, we can walk them through some of this stuff too. And if you have any questions, if you want to make sure something gets covered, um, if, you, if we talk about something, you have more questions, let us know. We can try to clear things up or we can just make sure we cover that specific topic as much as we can. Because um, this is for you guys. Mm-hmm. 